so many things are just stirring so deeply uh, right now. And I want us just to, just to press into his word. Um, it's a snow day, so very few, uh, mainly our staff, our team is here. And so, uh, glad, so glad everybody is with us joining online. I saw a large number of people on our Facebook. We're hoping that Facebook leaves us on today. But our website, destinyokc.com, or you can get our app, Destiny OKC, and you can uh, tune in there if for any reason we lose you on our Facebook uh, page. We've been having a little bit of trouble with that. But I want us just to press in and walk this out today. Um, we are looking at, and thank you so much uh, for Shay and Katie coming and uh, demonstrating and declaring this week in Advent a week of joy and the revelation of joy. And um, I want to really focus in on just a little bit of an understanding of, of the progression of Advent as I was thinking about what, a, what I sensed the Lord was wanting to speak today. I realize Advent is about hope, peace, joy this week and next week love. So there'll be these four weeks of culminating ideas where we're celebrating who Jesus is. And the bottom line, if you think about it, hope peace, joy, and love. When Jesus shows up, hope is inspired, peace will arise, joy begins to emerge, and love begins to abound. Um, and it's just the presence of the Lord that brings that about in our lives. It's really profound when you think about the, the sense of that which is invisible, but the presence of God that transforms our perspective when we learn to live in his presence, when we learn to embrace his, his uh, presence. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about today when we're evaluating and just taking a look at the treasure of the unseen. So Jesus came and he ushered into the world the presence of God, not just in physical form. And there's an unusual portion of scripture that we're going to look at today from this standpoint. But the baby was born, but the son was given. And we see the baby born with our natural eyes, those that would be uh, there in that moment when Jesus was actually born into the earth. But there was something beyond what could be seen with a natural eye that God was desiring to reveal. And so just looking at that and evaluating that today, we begin to focus in on the treasure of the unseen. And I want us to think just a little bit about this week's topic of joy and what it is that brings joy to our lives. Um, it's just kind of a, a unique perspective, but the source of joy, true joy, is that which is unseen. And I want to kind of point it out to you in a few different ways today. But it's not the big expensive vacation that has made the lasting memory, uh, you know, even in my own family's life. It's the meaningful people that create the memories that really matter in those moments. And when we start to think about what really matters in life, I want you just to evaluate this because it's just such a true statement. The best portion of your life, think about the best of the best. I'm living my best life. We say that all the time. But the best portion of your life will be the seemingly insignificant moments spent smiling with people who matter to you the most. Joy, the source of joy is not that which is all visible, but is actually that which is unseen. This is the treasure of that which is unseen. Isaiah 9, verse 6 for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Father, I pray that you would illuminate what you desire for us to understand today with our thinking, with our minds. May we begin to comprehend some of the ideas that you're desiring for us to walk out of here, walk away from this uh, gathering online on our campus for those that are here. I pray, Father, more than just understanding and an intellectual download, but today, Lord, there'd be something deeply deposited within our hearts, a sense of revelation that we've truly heard from you as a result of our coming together and gathering around your word. I thank you for your amazing presence in our lives, Lord. I thank you that we can learn to get into Scripture in our daily devotions in such a way that we truly do experience the author and not just read the book. Teach us, Lord, to enjoy and experience your presence as a way of life. And may we recognize that even in the way that we celebrate your word together as a family today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I was reflecting on this when I was thinking of the treasure of the unseen. Because the Bible says the child is born, but the son is given. And I want you to go with me on this journey of trying to understand this because I'm going to give you some things that are a little bit, um, a little bit of a challenge to the intellect. <laughs> it's more of a revelation understanding than it is an intellectual comprehension on this idea. But the reason that a child is born and a son is given is because, think about it, the son existed before the child was ever conceived. The Bible actually says in Revelation chapter 13 that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. So that means Jesus existed, the son existed before the child was ever conceived, before the child was ever born. Now this takes us into a lot of layers to try and understand it. And the eternal nature of God is what it starts to dig out and help us to see and understand there's something going on in the unseen realm, something going on beyond the realm in the natural. And when we're, again, for the purpose of the pursuit of joy, when we're only exploring that which we can see and that which is in the natural realm, it leaves us exhausted and depleted and, and dysfunctional and disappointed and all those things because there's something of the unseen value that goes beyond that which is seen. And that's what's being revealed in this. And I don't, I don't want to go too far into these layers of this particular idea, but I do want you to also realize not only did Jesus exist before he was conceived, so in a, in a very real way, Jesus existed before he existed, but so did you. You actually existed before you existed. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, before you were conceived in the womb, God knew you. So if Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world, then when the child was born and the son was given, then we understand that the son was given before the child was even conceived because Jesus existed before he existed. And if you were known by God before you were ever conceived in the womb, then you actually existed before you existed as well. And I know uh, in one respect that starts to strain the brain, but then I, I started thinking about this, and I was in our home when I was praying into this this week, and I started looking around, and I guess it's been about eight years ago that we decided to build a house, which I never really wanted to do, um, but 
Tracy won the conversation and the interaction on what to do. So we, you know, started on this journey, and we had this plot of land. We had to clear the trees, and, and I, I'll never forget Tracy and I. We finally decided we're going to do this, and we're out on this date, and, uh, and I pulled out a napkin, and we literally, with a pen and a napkin, started drawing a few ideas, and the napkin kind of tore, and, um, and we were kind of sketching. We wanted a big space, open space with the kitchen and living so that you know, we could have people in and have interaction while food was going on, and we were kind of just having this conversation and these ideas, and after we got the napkin all sketched out, then we began to talk to people who knew what they were doing in the midst of it all, and, and, um, and every intricate detail of the house had to be planned. I had no idea that I was going to be going shopping for knobs on cabinet doors and handles on drawers. And I mean, I, it was overwhelming, all of the details that were going into this. And finally, uh, after everything was finished and we had thought through every detail of things that I don't even remember <laughs> that we had to think through, and it, then it all came out on a piece of paper and we looked at this abstract conclusion that had merely been conversation that suddenly now was printed on this piece of paper and we were able to say, yes, that's what we want to build. Or in other words, it is finished. And then it began. And Jesus, hanging on the cross, made that declaration. It is finished. And then it began. So there's something of an eternal value that we need to understand as we step into this season of, of a Christmas celebration. Unto us this child is born. Unto us this son is given. He's showing up to reveal that which is temporal to capture our attention so that God our Father may possess our affection as a result of our stepping into something deeper than what we've understood or known before. And that's why a lot of what our focus this year in 2020 has been if you can see the invisible... You can do the impossible. I mean, it's a great phrase, and it rolls off your tongue really well, but what does it really mean? And what it means is don't get hung up in that which is tangible, that which is physical, because that which is physical has such limitation, but there's something so much deeper that God's trying to draw our attention to. And when you begin to see that which is invisible, you existed before you existed. There's a revelation you can carry that's beyond your comprehension or understanding. Your intellect is not the only resource you have to function from. There's actually a spiritual awakening that God brings into your life when you come to know Jesus Christ and suddenly you're functioning from an eternal standpoint, an eternal viewpoint. There, there are resources of revelation that begin to function with the gifts of the Spirit and all kinds of access starts to be unlocked to our lives when we're spiritually alive in Him. If you can see the invisible, you can do the Possible, and that's why the scripture says, and it's been our focal point this year, 2 Corinthians 4:18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. How do you even do that? I mean, so many times we read something in scripture and we don't really even try to comprehend what it's saying, but you fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And again, the focal point here is for God to draw our attention beyond that which is passing away, that which is temporal, that which is not fulfilling in any way in the overall scheme of our existence because we are not designed to, ex to exist merely in a temporal capacity. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, and we are actually designed by God to live forever. 
That means there's an eternal perspective that he wants us to behold that changes the way we live our lives. It changes our values. It changes our priorities. It resists the idea of just allowing Christmas to be this commercialized perspective that the world around us reduces it to. We're exploring for the deeper, more meaningful expression of who Jesus truly is, what he's desiring to reveal, so that within our family units and our family, our friends, those that we're celebrating Christmas with, we're all pressing into the deeper reality of who Jesus wants us to know and and when we start to step into that mindset there's something about moving past the tangibles into the intangibles that really makes a difference it really matters because the things that matter the most are not the tangibles and I know it's kind of a big monumental concept to bring into some sense of conclusion for us to be able to comprehend but but when we're looking at the idea of joy, we just have to understand there are all kinds of um, all kinds of counterfeit opportunities for us to have happiness um, through different things. You know, you can hey, let's go be happy. We're going to go to a theme park and have fun. You know, you can have fun, but we don't say let's go to the theme park and we can have joy because that's not what you're having when you go to the theme park. You're having fun, and fun's legit. But joy is something deeper than fun can ever be because it comes from an intangible expression of that which is within you and it really is not even a response to the stimuli of the world around you, that which is tangible because there's something deeper existing in the presence of God even in a moment of challenge that you can experience the joy of the Lord that truly becomes your strength. It transforms everything about your disposition. So think about this because we get so focused on the tangibles. It's not what you ate that made the meal so amazing, it's who you ate with. You can actually have an incredible bed imported from Italy and this monster bed brought over and put into your home and into your, your bedroom and you could still lay awake at night all night long with something gnawing at your existence, recognizing you're still very empty inside. It's not the tangibles that carry such value. It's the intangibles. Deion Sanders, the pro football player, Hall of Famer, um, was interesting because he was asked in an interview, why did you become a Christian? And so here's somebody on top of the world, literally, and he began to describe his experience of the night he gave his life to Christ. And he said, uh, our team had just won the Super Bowl all the celebration, the adrenaline, everything about that victory was pumping through my veins. He said, before I went to bed, I ordered a Lamborghini. <laughs> Imagine. I think before I go to bed tonight, I'll order a Lamborghini. I mean, it was just, just to think about that, you know, it was just mind-boggling to me. And he said, I laid in bed that night reflecting on all of my achievements and all of my accomplishments knowing that we just won the Super Bowl, knowing that in a matter of just days I was going to have a Lamborghini to drive. And in the midst of all of it, I realized just how empty I still was. And he described it this way. He said, all of my achievements, all of my accomplishments still hadn't fulfilled me. And I got out of bed and I got down on my knees that night. And I invited Jesus into my life, realizing only God could fill that huge vacuum that existed within my life. I mean, it's really an overwhelming uh, thought and consideration. And it's not, it's not an unusual story, in fact. 
Um, we see this over and over in many respects. Jack Higgins is a world-famous novelist, and his net worth is somewhere around $100 million. You know, just really amazingly successful uh, individual. And he was asked in an interview, what is it you know now that you wish you had known as a younger man? So somebody who's got that much money, that much influence, that much success, that much notoriety, what is it that he would say to his younger self if he had the opportunity? Without any hesitation, he responded and he said, I wish I had known that when you get to the top, there's really nothing there. I mean, it's just such an incredible expression when you're thinking about that which is tangible and that which is intangible. And what he's describing is what the Bible defines as a meaningless life. A life that might have everything the world has to offer, yet still is so meaningless. And, and if you'll just think with me for a moment, meaningless in this description that we see in, in the Bible of a meaningless life, meaningless doesn't come because we're weary of pain. Meaningless comes because we're weary of pleasure. And when we've grown weary of pleasure and we realize we've still not found meaning, then everything feels so empty and meaningless and there's such discouragement and despondency that can begin to be born. I believe that's why God is striking at the root, wanting to dismantle discouragement because we've tried to fix our attention on the things that don't really matter and God's trying to bring our focus to the things that matter the most and that's not the tangible but that is the intangible. I heard a pastor describing a, a conversation he had with a, uh, a multimillionaire, a, a guy that was just incredibly successful, lived in a phenomenal mansion of a home that possibly all of our homes could fit into. He, he had a yacht, uh, his toy, that cost more than most people in the planet's houses that they live in. Uh, he was you know, corporately uh, secure in his position he, his children were on the pathway to great success. He was paving the way and preparing the way for them. Everything looked so phenomenal, so amazing in his life. More money than uh, he could spend. His, his wife, very beautiful woman uh, who was just an amazing wife for him in so many respects and very unsuspecting of his even more beautiful mistress who was younger than she was who would go with him on business trips to the Colorado condo and the, uh, the summer home in Maui. I mean, just everything that you could think a person would try to pull out of this world, that person had at his fingertips. And he desperately requested to meet with this young pastor. And when they sat down in the meeting, the pastor just made it a point to get because he seemed so desperate. And when they sat down in the meeting, the man began to tell the pastor that he was actually fighting the thought of killing himself and needed to talk to him that day. And I just wonder, what does it take to find what it is that will fulfill a person's life? And King Solomon, obviously just, you know, amazingly um, resourceful to everything the world would have to offer, a king himself wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes of the vain pursuit of pleasure referencing everything this world has to offer with this phrase that we read throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, everything under the sun or life under the sun. And everything under the sun actually is a Hebrew expression that literally means outside of God. Everything other than 
that which is important or that which is significant or that which is purposeful, that which is outside of God. Having everything under the sun, having everything the world has to offer still has this huge problem. And the problem is the world can never offer authentic hope, inner peace, or true joy for us to possess. So when the pursuit of your life is limited to that which is seen, you are missing the most important and most significant pursuit of your life, and that is the pursuit of God. And Jesus has come and revealed to us the Son has been given. Jesus has come, the child is born, the Son is given. I mean, just phenomenal once again. The Son existed before the child was conceived, and the baby is born to captivate our attention to draw to the father our deeper sense of affection that we might understand and grow and a deeper revelation of the things that really matter in the world in which we live so i'm going to just ask that we press in in a time of worship and i want to ask um, that you just open your heart to allow the holy spirit just to begin to stir and speak if the worship team will come back up god's trying to get us to lift our countenance above the circumstances of the world around us. God's trying to get us to lift our countenance above the tangible, to understand that it's not, um, it's not the world that we can see with our natural eyes that really are going, uh, will fulfill us or allow us to see a deeper sense of the purposes of God. And it's our focal point as we step into 2021, Psalms 24-7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates and be lifted up. Lift up your countenance. Stop looking at everything around you in a temporal perspective, no matter what may be going on in a time of pandemic, in a time of uh, disappointment, in a time of whatever may be taking place. You can lift your countenance to the King of Kings, and actually that gives access where you become the gateway for Jesus to be able to invade the circumstance and the situation, whatever that may be. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Psalms 24-7. This is where we discover fulfillment. And I want, to, I want you to think of this phrase uh, significantly, but uh, it's where we stop living in want. We stop living in want. We're constantly in the pursuit. Anybody feel this way before? It's constantly in the pursuit of whatever that may be. Um, we're so happy about our you know, new job until... It's not new anymore, and then we want a new job. We're so happy about that new person we met until that new person gets old, and then we're wanting something more, and so happy about our accomplishment, our degree, our advancement, our promotion, whatever it is, until we've exhausted uh, the feeling of accomplishment, and then we need something more. We're just in this constant state of want, and it's a natural, constant state of want in humanity. But God wants to do something in us where we're not allowing that sense of want to hold us captive. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the words of Deion Sanders, I'll go back to his statement. He said, I got down on my knees and acknowledged only God was big enough to fill my heart. So why don't you all in the room just stand and those of you online, would you just open your hearts just in this moment and allow the Holy Spirit just to stir and speak? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're designed by God to live our lives in such a way 
that we're constantly allowing him to meet our deepest need. And when we don't allow him to meet our deepest need, then we explore other options for those deepest needs to be met. And no other option will ever compare to who Jesus truly is. So Lord, I just pray right now that every single one of us would just begin to evaluate where we stand in our relationship with you. No matter how far we've grown in our understanding of Christ, this son who's been given, this baby who was born to revolutionize society and transform our world and awaken us to understand the deeper purposes of God where we then become a part of the transforming army, Lord, that you are sending into the earth. I pray that every one of us, Lord, would take a step forward in our faith. Every one of us would take a step forward in our walk with God. Even in the mindset, maybe, that would begin to dismiss this moment because maybe we've experienced this moment so many times before this ministry moment where we're examining and bringing our heart before the Lord. Father, I pray that every single one of us would take a step forward in our faith, a step forward in our perspective, a a step forward in our pursuit. And maybe there are those that are online with us today that have never taken a step to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They've never really opened their heart and opened their life and said, I surrender all to everything God's desiring to do. I pray, Lord, that today would be that day as we acknowledge, Jesus, you came, you lived, and you died on the cross. You were buried in a tomb, but you are risen from the grave. There is a power beyond the natural that we can comprehend and understand, and that power is revealed in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And so we acknowledge that today. We need you, Lord Jesus, we need you to rescue us from our sin. And then for the rest of our lives, we need you to rescue us from ourselves. We would learn what it is every day to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow you, to explore the sacrificial nature of God revealed in Christ, demonstrated before us that we might walk in that and demonstrate that in the li- before the lives of others around us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're at work doing something tremendous, Lord, within all of our hearts as we're willing to respond to you. We really do believe that we are a people that God has called to bring God's presence to real life in every realm of society, on every level of community, no matter what that may be, one person, 50 people, doesn't matter, whatever, wherever we find ourselves, any conversation or interaction, we bring God's presence to real life. We experience God, we express God in a way that people can understand and comprehend. He's really transformed our lives. And I wanna ask every day this week, your action point, your God's presence to real life action point of the week, every day this week, ask the Holy Spirit, to help you fix your eyes on the unseen things and then search for those unseen things throughout the day every day. There just may be a moment where all of a sudden there's a sense of sacrifice to explore or pursue something that you might not normally pay attention to. But every day, and we're just going to press in and just invite the Lord just in a place of worship before we conclude today. But I just want to ask 
that we join in and begin to pray over the week ahead. Lord, we just invite you to the course of this week to help us begin to understand the very priorities of God in the way we live, in the way we love, in the way we serve, in the way we give. Teach us, Lord. Teach us to pay attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit every morning, every afternoon, every evening. Lord, may we grow in our strength to stand against temptation as the enemy would try and come against us. But we would in those moments lift our eyes above the temporal circumstances that have tried to tempt and distract us. and Lift our eyes to you and find a sense of greater strength, Lord, that we begin to explore as we sense you at work on the inside of our lives in a place deep within us, Lord, empowering us, causing us to rise up and be the sons and daughters of God that are led by the Spirit of God that you've designed us to be, that you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's just press in and worship the Lord in these few moments we have together, allowing him to stir something deeper, the power of his word, the power of his spirit in our hearts and lives.